Welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast, beautiful humans. If a professional, polished, well-edited podcast is what you're after, then move right on. If, however, you love unfiltered banter, unedited bloopers, authentic heart sharing, and a very generous dash of holistic health education, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Holistic Health Podcast. Amy, good morning. How are you feeling? Good morning. I'm feeling I'm feeling that happily tired and satisfied feeling after you've had a really good weekend. Oh, I love that. I love good weekends. I'm here for it. I'm so <laughs> here for it. We both had a really delightful weekend um, in nature, just doing different different things. But there's just something so restorative about going in nature for a you know a day or a half day like a good chunk of time mm. without phones without reception it's just oh I honestly could do it most days of the week <laughs> oh gosh same it's been too long actually so I think yesterday was very much a reminder of how important it is to do this more frequently so that's definitely my intention going forward. <laughs> yes, I love that. It's yeah. I I try and make it a actually try and go make one of my walks during the day a phone-free walk because mm. I think even when you're carrying your phone and this mm. could just be me, so not wanting to put anything on anyone else, I feel like I'm just not as present even if my phone is just on me, but yeah. it's on airplane mode or it's not currently playing anything. I love taking the opportunity to just go for a walk without anything with me. Yes, um, unplugged. Oh, yep. it's, it's, I feel like it's the last bastion of freedom that we actually have. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Um, and we're so, and it's, I was thinking about this the other day when I was walking, I was like, this used to just be the norm. You know, mm-hmm. people didn't have, oh, better take my phone just in case. What if someone calls me? Mm. Um and I'm like, I just don't, most of my friends know I hardly ever answer the phone. <laughs> I'm really, I'm like, a, I just don't, unless I have, you know, unless I'm in that moment, want to or need to talk, or mm. unless I know it's an emergency, like mm. I'm expecting that call, of course. Mm. I'm not a terrible friend. I'm just not constantly available mm. on my phone. Mm. Same. Here's to that. Let's normalize Here's that. that. Yes. Well, speaking of absolutely nothing associated with phones. I think we should probably dive into today's topic because today we are recording a double episode. Not that you're going to know that, but we know that. So we need to make sure we get to the topic. We actually wanted to do um, more of a some some bits and pieces throughout this, not just this podcast, but throughout the podcast we're going to bring you this year on managing some things acutely because we all have, you know, colds that pop up, cold sores that pop up, which we're going to talk about today, or maybe you get injured or maybe that you get stung by something. And a lot of us through our lives know the conventional acute management of things. And sometimes that's absolutely what is necessary. And also in some instances, there's actually traditional medicines or natural medicines that have been used for you know, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years that have worked really effectively that we're just not aware of because it hasn't been how we've been brought up. And we know that you guys are 
super keen beans when it comes to managing things as naturally as possible. So we're going to do our best to share more on some of the ways that you can acutely manage things pop, things that pop up. So the one we're chatting about today is, is um, it, a cold sores. So cold sores are basically caused by HSV-1, which is a herpes retrovirus, type of retrovirus. Um, and there is actually a lot that you can do to manage it both acutely, topically, so what you apply to the area, and also orally, so what you can actually take internally. And then we also will chat a little bit about, you know, chronic management, if this is something that is constantly recurring for you. So we know that, you know, if you've if you've got that virus in your system, it can be reactivated. And so what we're more talking about is if you're having frequent reactivations, frequent cold sores, what could we do about that? So let's just start, first of all, with acute management of this. So let's say you've got a cold sore and, you know, we need to do something stat. Um, Amy, the first mm. thing that comes to mind for me, just <laughs> as a setting the scene kind of perspective, is just good hygiene so that you're not making it worse. So what I mean by that is not touching your face um, and then, you know, kind of touching other areas, changing your your pillowcase, um, making sure that you're not um, sharing lip balms if you use like a, I don't know, like a speakerphone at, at work or like a not a speakerphone, a, a microphone at work, just cleaning that in between uses or whatever it may be. Mm. But just kind of thinking if this has come into contact with um, with my affected area, I need to make sure that I'm not kind of reinfecting myself each time I apply it, for example, in the case of a of a lip balm, yeah. um, or that I'm not in, you know, infecting someone else or something else. Um, anything to add to that um hygiene perspective or otherwise just jump straight into the topical stuff? Yeah, just I guess um extending that conversation a little bit more is that this virus is super contagious. Um, often caught by initially by kissing someone or being kissed by someone who has it. And what's tricky is that although it's sort of really obvious when someone's got um, a, a cold sore that's set in and the early stages of, of the breakout or as it's healing, it might not be as easy to register. So the mm. old passion dash <laughs> does come yeah. with some some risks and also sharing lip balms and lipsticks as well um, is another potential source of contamination. And of course, you know, touching, you know, hygiene, basic hygiene stuff applies. But what I will say just about that is if you've been using a particular lip balm or lip gloss um, and then you start to have a breakout in an ideal world, you would throw that away um, because especially if it's a, or absolutely if it's a lip gloss that is like in a tube and you apply it with a doe's foot, there's no way of cleaning that. Um, if you have, let's say a Tom Ford lipstick or YSL mm -hmm. lipstick that you had to mortgage, get a small mortgage for, and you don't really want to throw it in the bin, um, one potential way of rescuing that is to clean the shaft with alcohol wipes and cut off at least half a centimetre of the top where you would apply it to your lip. Um, same with lip balms and things like that. Um, so certainly avoiding sharing those things or, you know, if if you've ever seen a makeup artist sterilise lipstick for application when you're getting your face done, <clears throat> that's a really good strategy. If you are going to be 
sharing products like that with girlfriends. Um, be mindful that you can also get um, herpes outbreaks elsewhere. We will touch on genital herpes at the very end, but can also get it in your eye, up your nose. So mm-hmm. being just really mindful um, of your exposure there. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the the last thing I'll say also is like we touch our face hundreds of times a day, like even not being aware of it and touching our mouths and we touch things to our mouths. So things like drink bottles, don't share drink bottles. If you're having a current breakout, probably shouldn't do that generally anyway, even pre-COVID. But um, now that people are a lot more mindful, perhaps that's happening less. Um, Sharing mugs, if you're in an office and, you know, people are a bit sketchy with their dishwashing skills, been there, Um, Mm. have your own cup and wash your cup, keep it on your desk. Um, change your pillowcase regularly. Um, this is also true for any other sort of infections of the face or the mouth or the eyes or the ears while you're navigating that just to avoid, you know, your pillow at night being a source or a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then again, if you wash your face with a face cloth, um, that would be something you'd want to wash each time rather mm-hmm. than using it like like over and over. And it may be worth changing to um, you know, cotton pads or washable pads or something like that um, um, to begin with. So, yeah, so just maintaining really great hygiene there would be a good place to start while you're dealing with it. Um, yeah, I, I just, you made me think of something else, like tooth your toothbrush, like just mm. being mindful mm. of um, maybe like at least changing mm-hmm. it at the, at the beginning when you notice it in case that's the source of the, the issue in the first place and then definitely um you know maybe halfway between or at the end so that you're not just perpetuating that cycle um mm-hmm. and if you're someone who constantly if you touch the sounds so so pedantic but if you touch the toothpaste and the toothbrush together if that's a habit you have then perhaps replacing the toothbrush tube mm-hmm. if you don't do that then obviously it's not if it's mm. not coming into into contact then it's fine but if you're someone who does that then that mm-hmm. might just be another thing to consider Yeah. And we're saying this primarily, but just because it is so contagious Mm. and especially for people who are prone to them and they keep recurring, like you just want to make sure there is no sort of outside influencing factors that are um, contributing to what's, what's going on. Mm. Um, So a couple of things you can do for symptomatic relief. I'm going to talk about my favorite and then I'm going to hand it over to you now to talk about another really effective um, thing to do. But this is not in any way naturopathic or whole, although we could call it holistic because it's taking a holistic approach. And this is a pharmacy product um, called Compede, C-O-M-P-E-E-D. Compede manufacture cold sore patches. Now, these patches are not um, therapeutic in the sense that they have antiviral treatments in them. So they're not like a Zavirax cream or anything like that, but they offer um, symptomatic relief. They do support and accelerate healing, and they can also help you um, disguise a cold sore in a much safer and hygienic way. So if you can imagine a very small circular sticker um, that is completely transparent. That's what they look like. Um, and they come in a little, they might actually come in a few different ways, but I always buy them in like a little handbag, 
um, container. It's like a, a lock container and it, they're all individually wrapped. And you basically peel one off and you place it over the cold saw and you you can change it as I suppose as often as you want, but I would normally do it morning and night. Like I, I will get the occasional cold sore. And what it does is, first of all, it provides a film and seal over the nerve ending. So by eliminating the contact of air to the raw nerve, you it will greatly reduce the pain, itchiness, irritation, which will, of course, reduce the risk of you touching it. It also means if you do go to touch touch it, you're actually not contacting the wound or um, the secretions at all, mm. um, <clears throat> which I think is a good thing. Second of all, it protects it from secondary infection, um, will definitely act like a second skin, which will speed up healing, but you can also apply cosmetics over it. So lip balm, lipstick, I would still be very hygienic with the way you do that. I wouldn't apply it directly from the product. I would um, take a bit on the back of your hand and then apply it with your finger and then wash your hands. But it also allows you to disguise it, which you know, if you're going into an office for work or if you're around other people or you've got a special event is definitely something that I know I have been thankful for. Mm. Um, but the thing I like most about it is it does, for me at least, completely eliminate any sensory feedback from it. So mm-hmm. even if I don't put anything else on it, it just, it's, yeah, and, and it's not visible at all. You can also trim them. So if you have like a little awkward um, sort of, thing on the on your lip and it's an awkward shape you can trim it and actually put it on um, so that it doesn't overlap the lip in any way Um, otherwise yeah just put the whole thing on and then if it peels off quickly obviously replace it more frequently but I would put it say on in the morning wear it during the day take it off when I wash my face at night and then reapply a nighttime one if I was going to put it on at night um, at all yeah I love that such good tips such good tips. So I will throw in a few more. And I'm, I mean, there's there's so many things that you can do, but a few of the the frequent ones that I get patients to use is using a cold compress. This is more about, I guess what we're trying to do here is is relieve some of the pain and the swelling that can be associated with that. So doing a either either ice or a cold compress, both both kind of both kind of will will do the trick whatever feels more convenient for you and it's just helping to reduce that inflammation slow the the blood flow to it and and help with the comfort and also the the speed of healing um the other couple of things that i would recommend is um lysine l lysine now this this you can do topically or orally we'll talk about orally oral stuff in a in a moment but topically you can actually um apply it you can also apply st um st john's wort oil uh or if if you have a naturopath that can make you up like a cream um, that has St. John's wort oil in it that would be, or even the lip balm that, or something that you can apply topically, that's also another really powerful thing. Um, or there's two essential oils that can also work really well. Do you want to chat about those, Amy, from a topical perspective? Mm, so lemon balm, also known as Melissa officinalis, has got antiretroviral properties, again, orally and topically, but it's a really nice essential oil to apply for nipping that virus in the bud. Mm. Um, so that one's probably my favorite. I actually recently had um, 
think a week ago, I had a couple of like threatened cold sores. My lip sort of swelled a bit, um, one on the bottom, one on the top and was a little bit irritated. So no actual wound had erupted yet. And I actually have both lemon balm and bergamot at home, but for some reason I just grabbed bergamot and that's also another really good one and just applied it topically and they just disappeared um, within hours, which was such a relief. Um, What I will say though is bergamot is from the citrus family. It's uh, it's the bitter orange. It's quite a small one, so it doesn't have the same sort of sweet, um, yeah, sweet flavor is like a typical orange oil from pressed from a regular size orange. But again, it has got incredible properties that work against a herpes breakout. The only thing I'll say is citrus-based oils do increase photosensitivity, meaning they make your skin more sensitive to sunlight and therefore more likely to burn or get irritated from UV exposure. So we were chatting about this before the episode. If you're someone like me who works indoors all day and it's also, you know, we're now in autumn, the risk is very low. But if you are someone who does spend a lot of time outside or it's even just summer, you know, lemon balm would be a much, much safer option. So just mm-hmm. keep that in, in mind. Um, so as you can see, topically, there's a lot you can do, you know, in addition to or instead of Zavirax cream. Obviously, if you're a cold sore sufferer, you're going to know whether or not they're just an intermittent, very occasional pesty thing like for me, or if you're someone who get who was prone to them regularly. We are going to talk about, you know, a deep, deeper way of addressing that at the end of the episode. But um, you know, for someone like that, you might want to use a combination of pharmaceutical and natural approaches. And look, they're bloody horrible, let's be honest. I really don't get them very often, but um, they are a beastly thing to experience. And I definitely have a tube of Zavirax in my cupboard just mm. in case. I think I've maybe used it once in the last, I don't know, five years. It's probably expired now, but just having that backup in case, you know, I want to use it is really good. And we recommend that, you know, you employ any strategies that you feel are necessary as well. Mm, love it. Okay. Well, let's let's move on to talking about what people can take internally. Um, and again, there's a whole bunch of different options when it comes to this. Some we would say are going to be things where you you absolutely want to run a by a practitioner before mm-hmm. using it. So an example of that, one that is a great pick, but also one that has a lot of interactions with different medications, with the pill, has contraindications with it, is St. John's wort. Mm-hmm. So if you can, I would run that by a practitioner before using it. But if it if you've done that and it's in your toolkit, it can be a really powerful one to use. Mm-hmm. The other the other one that can be really helpful um, is also taking lemon balm or Melissa internally as well. Again, it has antiviral properties. You can usually find products, um, at least in our in our practitioner kind of toolkit. I know that that both you and I have products where we can put a lot of these things together. So it's not like mm-hmm. you have to take 10,000 pills, but mm-hmm. for the purpose of the podcast, we're more just trying to educate you on what the options are. Um, and absolutely do not go past <laughs> the humble uh, nutrients that are just the bee's knees when it comes to your immune system. So mm-hmm. vitamin A, vitamin C, and zinc, mm-hmm. absolutely non-negotiables. Um, I think in in really any acute immune 
situation, mm-hmm. um, but definitely super effective in in this situation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are there. Oh, what else would you add to that? I'm just trying to think. If the did I say lysine? I did. No, oh no, I said that in the topical one. But mm. lysine also orally can be taken and has a lot of actually a, quite a lot of evidence. Probably the most well known as far as accepted conventionally goes that L lysine um, at relatively high doses um, acutely can mm. reduce the the severity, the duration, um, and also the recurrence of of outbreaks of, of cold sore outbreaks. Mm. So for a lot of my clients, for example, will have in their treatment plans an acute dose and also a preventative dose if there's someone that is predisposed to those happening fairly frequently. Mm. Um, go for it. Yeah. On that note, lysine, the dosage range for acute dosing is kind of broad. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't um, it? Yeah. And it's like, you should really obviously get advice from your practitioner about what's right for you. Um, but, you know, some studies say a thousand milligrams a day. Um, I find, you know, one to three grams a day is a better place to play in depending on how you've responded before and, and other factors as well. And also arginine containing how much arginine you have in your diet, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, some studies use more than that, like 4,000 milligrams a day, And in fact, there is another study that um, was recommending 50 milligrams per kilo of body weight a day. But at some point that becomes really impractical, expensive, and quite frankly, I think a little imbalanced. So, you know, you want to really navigate that with your clinician based on your history, your diet, all of those kinds of things as well. Um, So, yeah, but should we talk a little bit more about lysine and arginine? Yeah. Yep. Go for yeah. it. Okay. So obviously lysine is an amino acid, FYI, maybe it wasn't obvious. No, um, yep. amino acid. Yeah. Now, yep. you know, anything that starts, ends in I-N-E is typically indicative of an amine or amino acid, um, either singular or, you know, branch chain, et cetera, et cetera. And lysine therefore is of course found in foods um, rich in protein like meat, especially red meat, pork, poultry, cheese. Not that we're recommending you eat a butt ton of cheese to cure Mm. your your cold sores. Um, Certain fish, eggs, um, spirulina, um, you know, there are a few food, food sources, but as you will now be mindful of when you're looking at a therapeutic dose at meaning an amount of lysine that will have a therapeutic or medical effect, you can't really eat enough um, to achieve that. So although it's worthwhile making sure you're getting um, a reasonable amount of lysine on a daily basis, especially sort of as a long-term preventative, mm. um, it isn't practical to try and you know address your um, breakout with food. That being said, the retrovirus itself is known to be stimulated and fed by another amino acid called arginine. And so as part of a, a plan for managing, you know, cold sores, especially if you get them quite frequently, is to avoid or greatly reduce arginine-containing foods. Now, if it's the odd breakout, I don't usually bother. I don't usually bother um, recommending it. Again, it depends on my client, but 
I find, you know, therapeutic application of those other things is enough to shift it. But if you've got a really bad breakout or you're getting them quite frequently, this is definitely somewhere I would then put some attention. And uh, this is such sad news, by the way, um, but nuts and chocolate <laughs> are like yeah. the the big one, especially yeah. peanuts. So mm. peanuts, walnuts, hazelnuts are the worst, but nuts in general um, do have a lot of arginine. By the way, arginine isn't the enemy. It's good for lots of other things in the body. Yeah including you know nitric oxide production and healthy cardiovascular system but whilst you're in the acute phase of a breakout consuming high amounts of it can just prolong the outbreak and also could contribute to more frequent outbreaks so they'd be the big ones look wheat and oats also contain pretty solid levels of arginine um pumpkin seeds technically not a nut but um you know sort of in that category of nuts and seeds can also be a bit problematic. So keep that in mind if that is going on for you. And also just last comment on the dietary note, it is also not uncommon for high amounts of coffee, red wine, or cigarettes to be a trigger for people either. Mm. Um, So, you know, you might work out that I mean, not that we're sort of encouraging you to continue to drink lots of coffee and red wine and smoke, but you might also realize there's an association there with what you're doing and Mm -hmm. the impact on your immune system. Totally. And, and on that note, I would say I'm, I'm sure that many people, if you're, if you're a cold sore sufferer, have realized that there is a strong link between stress and being run down or burnt out and you getting outbreaks. Mm -hmm. So I feel that, you know, there's the acute component to it. Mm -hmm. um, And then also the the chronic management of it. So again, if it's something that is a rare occurrence or a very infrequent occurrence, then just generally looking after yourself and then using these um, acute-based treatments when and as needed is appropriate. But if you're finding that you're getting really regular outbreaks, then it's absolutely a indication of a deeper problem and something that needs to be addressed. So, you know, what is driving your immune system to let down its guard and allow that that um, virus reactivation to happen um, mm. and it to be a more severe outbreak or for the recurrences to be more frequent. Mm. And again, this is going to vary from person to person. Um, and this is why again, we always, which might be a little bit irritating for everyone who just wants to know the answer for them right now, but it is truly why natural medicine that is personalized really shines because we're all going to have different drivers to different extents. Um, And that's why we're often saying to you, context matters Mm -hmm. because we also have to look at the whole person and what's going to be practical and give the most bang for their buck when we're trying to look at all the different puzzle pieces and how do we get you back to optimal health and that may look different in different seasons of life in different environments in you know lots of lots of factors to consider mm. the other thing i wanted to mention as well here is that i don't know that we mentioned it already but Direct sunlight and sunburn can also be um, triggers for an attack. So just being mindful if you feel like you're on the you know you're on the brink of a cold sore attack or you can feel it maybe coming on, B 
being really mindful, extra mindful of sun protection uh, and also during an outbreak, just being really mindful of that as well so that you're not um, encouraging it to be more prolonged or for extra cold sores to pop up as well. Mm. It's interesting, naturopathically, um, we were taught how the sun can like bring illnesses to the surface of the skin and it's not just applicable to cold sores. There are other examples as well, but certainly um, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. And of course, any kind of irritation to the skin can compromise the the local immune system and, and obviously solar radiation has an impact on the skin. Now, of course, a lack of sun is also problematic for the immune system, but yeah, protecting those sensitive areas. And, you know, in addition to what Nat was saying about personalized natural medicine for your own immune support, some of those other really big ones are, you know, high stress, lack of sleep and mm-hmm. malnutrition. And malnutrition sounds like a word that should be applied to countries that are struggling to feed their population. But honestly, the you know, Western worlds are the most overfed and undernourished that I've ever Mm. seen. And that can be a lack of protein or a lack of micronutrients or having sugar. Um, I had the most bizarre conversation with someone on Instagram. I can't even call it a conversation, but they were just hell bent on denying that sugar was bad for you. And despite all of the, the medical evidence that says the opposite and people just want to cling to their shitty habits um, mm-hmm. rather than take responsibility for their health. And I'm not saying if you're getting cold sores, you're not taking responsibility for your health, but it's just interesting how warped the messaging can be around eating for health um, and looking after yourself and um yeah, and just consider that maybe there's something missing in your diet. It can even be something as simple as your iron's a bit low that mm. compromises your immune system and your ability to heal and and makes thing you know outbreaks more likely. And and maybe for you it's cold sores. Maybe maybe for someone else it's you know something else, some other type of infection. But again, working with a practitioner who has more than fifteen minutes to mm. take care of you and really assess what's going on for you, they can get to what the root cause is if it's you know, something that's happening, you know, more than just the odd occasion. Yeah, definitely. And and having a really nice balance between an acute natural medicine um, cupboard and, and also a longer term underlying like um, immune support through the year or particularly mm-hmm. through those colder months. So in the Southern Hemisphere, we are moving into the colder months um, more starting now in, in autumn and, and coming into winter in um, in a little bit as well. So now's a really good time. Like go and check your vitamin D, go and check your zinc, um, have an appointment with your naturopath or seek out a naturopath or nutritionist that can give you um, a little bit of a review and and set you on the right track with some of this stuff so that you're, you're ahead of the game because it's really hard to, I guess, backpedal once you're already, um, you know, really in it. Mm-hmm. And so I actually think prevention is always better than cure. Mm-hmm. And when you know that you've got, we all have like weak spots, so to speak, in terms of our issues show in certain ways. And so really being mindful of supporting those um, those systems that do feel like a quote-unquote weak spot for you and having solid individualized plans around that for you. So I know for a lot of my clients, depending on whatever they're going through, 
we might have our baseline supplements and strategies that we're using. And then they also have an, an acute toolkit that's personalized to them if needed. So mm-hmm. as an example, a client last week is someone who um, part of her story or part of what we're trying to get on top of is that she gets um, frequent sinus infections. Mm-hmm. So we've got our baseline um, addressing the underlying root causes and and that strategy. But then we also have a toolkit for if she feels one coming on, what mm-hmm. can she do straight away rather than waiting for it to turn into something and then getting to a point where you know, she has to have antibiotics in order to turn it around. So really thinking about these things as an investment in your health that are going to save you a lot of time and money and energy and effort over the long term if you are more proactive rather than reactive, I guess. Mm, I love that. And and at least in listening to this episode, people will be aware that there's something else that they can do. Even if they're happy with their acute management, there's so much more you can do to reduce how often you need to employ your acute management toolkit. Um, and I guess in closing, we want to just touch on the fact that genital herpes is from the same family of viruses. And so there is a lot of crossover with what can be applied just in case we have to point this out, do not apply essential oils to your genitals. (laughs) Just say that much. Um, Also, this is something you would definitely want to get advice from your holistic practitioner about or Nat and I, if you don't have one. Um, But please know that the same acute management and more long-term preventative strategies can be applied to genital herpes like it can to oral breakouts as well. Yes, I love that. Amazing. Well, before actually one more last thing before we wrap up that I keep telling myself I need to remember to share this with you guys um, is that at the moment I have just released my two recipe ebooks for you guys. Um, so it's a hormone recipe um, ebook and it's also a thyroid rescue recipe ebook. So for those of you that are familiar with my work, um, or maybe for those of you who are not familiar with my work, Thyroid Rescue and Hormone Rescue have been and are my two signature programs. Um, And within those, there Mm -hmm. are a whole bunch of recipes that support each of those um, systems or rebalancing your your thyroid or energy or hormones, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So what I decided to do was actually pull out the recipes from those programs um, to allow you guys to buy them at a really affordable price as a standalone product. So if you are interested in either of those topics, then please feel free to jump on over to my website and you can purchase them individually or as a bundle. Um, And if you have any questions, of course, reach out as well. You, any other things to add from your end, Amy, any, anything on sale at the moment, need to share anything (laughs) like that? No, I just want to say how fabulous they sound. I love a good recipe. Um, And if you are dealing with either of those challenges, you know, food absolutely is medicinal and also, you know, avoiding foods that are problematic for certain elements of health can have an amazing medicinal effect. So if you're just getting started, I think that is such a lovely way to support yourself in a gentle, nourishing and low risk way. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I have so much fun creating them and even more fun eating them myself. So <laughs> can can confirm they have been taste tested and approved by mm. many. 
Oh, all right, loves. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another episode. Please share the episode with any of your friends or fam that could benefit and we will speak to you all super soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Holistic Health Podcast with Amy and Nat. If you loved this episode, then make sure you share it on Instagram and give us a tag. If you'd like to help us spread the holistic health message far and wide, then we would also so appreciate it if you left a rating and review. This helps us more than you know. And don't forget to come and say hi over on Instagram. See you next week.